Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. It's Tuesday. It's the second hour of the Tuesday program. And this music, all those things combined to mean only one thing, an appearance by Coach Dave McGinnis on this program. He's brought to you by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Need great health care coverage at an affordable price. Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They got you covered. Coach, you got us covered each week with Titans news, but we got a little Vols news. You were uh, you were you you came in on Zoom and said, hey, man, the Vols just tied this game up. Yeah, I'm doing play-by-play here. I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing play-by-play on the ball game. I mean, this is I love the College World Series. I went to TCU to play baseball and football when I went. And I was I was recruited. I was recruited for both. I, I I love this. I love the College World Series. It's really really a, a great great event. This is a good ball game. I mean, these teams are scoring runs. You know, uh, the the teams last night were having trouble scoring runs. These teams are scoring runs. Right, coach. That leads me, Coach Mack. To what is your second favorite sport to actually watch that you are all in besides the NFL and probably college football? What other sport do you kind of watch and peruse and, and you know, you know, kind of break it down and, and watch it like you do football a little bit? Oh, it's baseball all the way. It's baseball. My sister has a suite at the Rangers Park ah. you know, in, in Texas. I mean, it, it's it's baseball all the way. I mean, I watch when I go home to that small town I grew up in in, in the summer. I'll go to little league games just to watch, you know, it's baseball way over and above anything else. All right. Give me one player that played in the major leagues that you think would have been an exceptional football player. Mickey Mantle. There's no doubt. What was his trait? Why do you say that? What is his trait? Before his knees, before his knees, went bad. And that was back before they had any type of, as you well know, arthroscopic stuff for your knees. I mean, he had, he was, he had speed, he had strength. He was incredibly, incredibly quick, Uh, unbelievable, unbelievable uh, eye-hand coordination. Yeah. Mickey Mantle could have been, I, uh, uh, Mickey Mantle could have been just about anything I think that, 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 that he wanted to be. Mm, Wow. Spoken by the true champ himself. Coach Mack giving us the Mack attack. And that leads me to, I haven't even asked Mickey this. He probably was watching it, but I didn't even know it was existing. I kind of perused it a little bit when it was going on. That is spring football league. Did you watch any of that? Yes, I did. I absolutely absolutely did. I I, I watched it. And look, I enjoy anything that gives people chances. You know, the the coaches that are coaching are, are NFL coaches. You know, I know all of those guys that are head coaches of those teams. They had four teams in Houston. They had four teams in, in Indianapolis, you know, and it was a, uh, it was, it was very interesting. The thing that's interesting about it, Blaine, you know, for our listeners, if they didn't follow it, if you were an ex NFL player, if you had had, if you'd been on an NFL team in any shape or fashion, then you were, you were, you could play free of charge. Those guys that weren't ex NFL players, they paid to play. In other words, they paid to come into the league. And so it was just a chance to be able to put their, their, you know, their, their wares on. They did a nice job. I, I thought they played at Rice University and then they played at the, at the Colt Stadium. So uh, I absolutely watched it and I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, Bart Andrus, you know, Bart, you know, was yeah, the Bart, yeah, yeah. Coach you guys. He's, a, he's, he's been in that thing since its inception, you know, because he was a big NFL Europe coach. So right. any of these, any of these offshoot leagues, He's always been at the, at the forefront of those things because he understands how they work. He was a head coach in that league. Uh, I like it because it gives people chances. I thought it had a good, good concept because they weren't trying to be anything other than a league to give somebody a chance. No doubt. I got, I'm all for that. I, I remember growing up and when they came up with the USFL, like, well, 
maybe I'll have a shot at the USFL uh, if I don't make it to the NFL. And then before I even got there, the USFL was gone. So, yeah, we're on with the Mac attack, giving everyone opportunities here in this world. Right, Coach? That's absolutely right. The USFL had a good idea until they started trying to be the NFL. I mean, that's not right. a good idea. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Coach, and you know me. I, I was listening to Rhett Bryan and Titans Amy, and they were talking all this NFL history. I probably texted him 12 times yesterday when they were naming running backs, and I said, you don't forget about the million-dollar backfield from the 50s with the 49ers. So, uh, you know me in NFL history. Well, only one league was ever good enough to merge, and that was the AFL. So, for people who don't know history, going back over 50 years, that league was so good, so popular, it became a rival to the NFL, and they merged. All these other leagues have not had that idea. Their idea was to compete with the NFL, and it's just too big. You can't do it. you got to know your place. And the Spring Football League, like you said, that's the beauty of it. They know they're just giving guys a chance. They know they're not going to merge. They know they're not going to beat the NFL. They found their niche, and they're just doing it. I wish all the leagues would be more content to do that. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you just got to – you're exactly right. I mean, I, I, I thought – you know, I, I thought the, the, the Alliance League had a good chance, you Me know, too. until they ran out of money. And, yeah. and they, they ran out of money because Charlie Eversall spent more than he had to begin with. So you just got to know who you are. Uh, I thought Rhett Bryan and Amy Wells, by the way, did a great job the last two days, you know, filling in for Buck. They really did a really good job. You want to talk about a baseball analogy, Buck better hurry up and get back. He might get Wally Pitt. <laughs> by, by <laughs> Coach Mack on with us. All right. I, we've talked about this before at this time of year. But we've already seen this. Rookie for the Cardinals, a guy, Zayvon Collins, has been arrested. A Kansas City player, Frank Clark. I pulled over with the Uzi in his car. What the suit, heck? An Uzi in his – it shoots – I looked. Coach, you know what an Uzi shoots per minute? It shoots 600 rounds per minute. Why does he that, have an Uzi? I, I don't know. Really? Is, is that one of your biggest fears? Because I've asked you before, like, what did you say to the guys when you were cutting them loose for the summer? Because I'm sure your biggest fear is somebody's going to get arrested. Somebody's going to put an Uzi in their car in a duffel bag. We've gone right into guys getting in trouble here. Well, just boil it down to a real simple statement. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Just don't be that guy. I mean, you, you know, you've got five weeks. You've got five weeks. And you, and, and you need to take some of that time, you know, to, to decompress, but to really get ready, you know, for, a, for, a big, for a, your big chance at a training camp, whether you're a rookie, whether you're a second-year player, whether you're a veteran. I mean, every year, I mean, every year, not only every year, but Blaine's sitting right here in these Hollywood squares with us on Zoom. And he can tell <laughs> us, I mean, every day's a, an interview in the National Football League. And so everything that you do is scrutinized. And so anything that you do to bring attention to yourself that is that, that brings a, a problem to your organization, that just puts a mark on you that you might be replaceable fairly early. You know, you've got a, you've got a number one pick. You know, at Arizona, I think, I don't think he was, I don't, I, the thing, I, I know people in Arizona, you know that. So I know, I mean, he was driving fast in Scottsdale. You know, he was yeah. driving reckless in Scottsdale. I don't think there's anything, but still just, I mean, don't do it. There's no reason. I mean, I, I've been to Scottsdale a thousand times. There's no reason to drive 80 miles an hour through Scottsdale, you know? Yeah. So anyway, just don't be that guy. That was the message. Don't be that guy. It's really pretty simple. I remember standing in a locker room and Brian Harson, who's the coach at Auburn now, I remember him saying, you know, after a game, he would get them all, they'd, everybody be hyped up. They won more than they lost. And he'd say, protect yourselves, protect your teammates. Don't do anything that hurts you. 
Don't do anything that would hurt your teammates or this team. And when you do something like that, you hurt your team because you may not be available to play in games. You may get suspended. You may, you, there's just a lot of bad things that can happen. Well, look, it, it, when, you, when you're fortunate enough to be brought into the National Football League as either as a player, a coach, a support staff member, anything you do now that is going to, uh, the, the name of the team is going to be associated with it. You know, because the first thing that happens anytime you have these reports, it's not their name first, it's the team's name first. So, yeah. they, you know, they'll say Arizona Cardinal player. Right. Okay. You know, and so to, to me, you, you've got a big responsibility. I mean, it's a great thing. Look, I, I was in, I, I'm still in the National Football League, you know, my 35th year. It's been a wonderful opportunity for me in a lot of different areas, but there's also some responsibility that comes with opportunity. And so if you don't take that responsibility, you're going to pay the consequences. Coach Mack, laying it out here, the Mack attack on Blaine and Mickey. Mm, man. So, Coach, let's get into the camp and the tight okay. camp, and that is who are the guys I think you think need going into training camp, training camp, that is, needs to have a good camp or they could be on the chopping block or maybe even get benched. Well, now it's not it's not so much chopping block, but to me, you know, just going in, the guys I think this is a big camp for, first of all, is those second-year players that were first-year players last year that were injured that really didn't get to do anything, yeah. you know, because of injury. And, you know, I, you know, that two of them, Christian Fulton and Darrington Evans, I mean, this is a big camp for those guys. It really is. I mean, they've got to come in there and they've got to be ready to play. They're on that one spectrum of it. And then you got Rashawn Evans on the other spectrum of it. You know, that's got a, that's got a real chance you know, to, to, to have a good year this year and either get another contract here or a contract somewhere else. But every year you're always playing, you're always playing for something. But, but to me, the, the, this camp is important and this camp is important for this reason now too. This coming on the heels of at least a, a, a semi-normal OTA and off season is so you, you have a chance. Now, last year, last year was so truncated. Last year was so different that there were a lot of ifs and buts last year. There really were. Well, this year now, uh, you know, everything is going to be back to normal, and it will be back to normal more so for those teams that get 85% vaccination numbers, you know, towards their squad. That's going to be, you know, that, that's clearly going to be a topic heading into training camp as far as, uh, and, and you guys have both seen it. I think our listeners are very familiar with what the NFL has done because the rules are going to be, if you're not vaccinated, the rules are going to be the same as they were last year. All right. And that those were very, very restrictive. And, you know, there's a lot of hoops to jump through with that. If you're vaccinated, then it's just like it was before the pandemic ever hit. Mm. Any camp battles you think uh, worth watching or, or kind of keeping your eye out? I know you talked about, uh, you know, some of the guys who didn't play so well or want to play better or should have played better and some young guys who now got to have an impact on the roster, but are there any uh, battles or, or positions that you think will, will be interested to see if it gets more playing time? Uh, even that, if you want to call that a battle. Yeah. Well, I think, I think those spots in the secondary, I mean, I, I think pretty much your, your two safeties are pretty well set, you know, but, but, but you're, you know, the, there's three other spots cause you're going to play, you're going to play three or four corners depending on what the personnel is that we are going to play against. I've already started to do work on the Arizona Cardinals, you know, just to look at them to get an idea of some of the things I've watching their last three games from last year, not to break any players down, but I just want to see schemes. I want to see what Vance Joseph is doing on defense, see what Cliff Kingsbury is really all about, 
situationally. I mean, just, you know, for the broadcast. Anyway, I, I start that now. I'll, I'll do our first three opponents because, as you know, uh, Blaine, you don't have that much film on those guys during the season. Once you get to the fourth game, then you've got plenty of current film. But anyway, yeah, I think in the secondary, because, you you know, you drafted you drafted two guys for sure that you think can be able to help you, you know, in Farley and Molden. Well, you know, they didn't they didn't they didn't get a full uh, off season of, of training on the field. They were there, but it, it was not on the field. And so training camp is going to be big for them. I know what Jack Rabbit can do. You know, because, you know, I was on it. I was there at the ranch when we drafted Jack Rabbit. He was a starter for us immediately as a as a rookie when we brought him in. So I know what he brings to it. And then Christian Fulton, you know, has got to step up. So to me, it's going to be in that secondary around those two safeties. I know they signed some uh, kid. Uh, I think he has, you know, a little bit of experience. I think three years of the, the Kevin Pre- Peterson, Peterson, the five eleven guy from Oklahoma State. I don't know if you know much about him. I know he's more of a special team guy, uh, but uh, did you get a chance to see him on the field? No, I don't know much about him. I, I'd be, I'd be talking right straight through my hat if I tried to tell you anything about him. You guys know me. Unless I know it, I'm not going to say it. So I don't know much about him. But he'll get a chance. You know, he'll get a chance for training camp. Training camp's going to be important too. I don't know yet, guys. Uh, I haven't seen anything official as far as about the size and the mannerisms of the practice squad again this year. I thought last year with the 16 guys and the maneuverability between being on the practice squad and being on the active roster was something that helped everybody last year. So that's that's going to be important too in training camp to see how many guys, you know, you're going to be able to keep. I would expect to, just because of that, uh, Blaine, to see some guys brought in during training camp, maybe to churn or chum the bottom of the roster, you know, as, as, as we get through it, depending on what size our practice squad is going to be this year. One more question, though, because I always get this question, you know, fly by every year, you know, with guys coming out of college, Coach, and uh-huh. they always talk about asking me, how can they get into camp? How do they get a camp? I say, well, you got to hire an agent and hopefully he can get you at least into camp as a free agent guy. So kind of take us through the process of what it would take for you to get in camp if you were a free agent guy. Yeah, well, just graduated I mean, a year or two or, you know. Yeah, just- I mean, that, that process has to start, you know, quite a while ago. You know, there's a big mm-hmm. there's 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 a big uh, Rolodex bank on all of the players that are out there. But uh, to be able to actually actually be able to be admitted to a camp, that's why, you know, that's why they they have tryouts, which they did. You know, you know, mm-hmm. the, the big the big basketball player French that we had in that was on a tryout basis. Right. But but, it, you know, you have to somebody within the personnel department has to have been contacted or has to have some knowledge of you first. I mean, the days of guys just showing up with cleats on and saying, let me run. Uh, those days are over. But you saw those days, Blaine, when you when you were first at the Oilers. I mean, you could see some guys that would jump that fence there and come over there and say, hey, I'd like to I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to run a 40 or, or something out there during the offseason. I mean, those days are over. I mean, we've heard a lot of those stories. I mean, I look, when I was coaching, I used to have a, a stack on my desk and we'd still have guys show up at the front desk, reception desk. I'd get a call and said, Coach McGinnis, so-and-so is here. He would like a tryout. And I said, well, that's really great. I'll come down and talk to him. <laughs> you know, and I'd go down there and there'd be a dude with his cleats on. And he'd be ready to run. You know, and so it doesn't work like that in the National Football League. <laughs> yeah, I, I was telling him to just, you know, stand out there and just uh, stalk uh, John Robinson. And, you know, when he gets out of his car, just run up there to him and he'll give you a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, it worked for Willie Mays Hayes. Remember, he just got out of his cot. And he, and he just started running right through the drills and made the Indians. 
Yeah, that 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 stuff doesn't work anymore. It used to work. It doesn't work anymore. That was back. That was back in the day. Is when they were doing the draft off of Street and Smith's book. You know, in in, in one room, in one room in Chicago, and do really? all, all all the rounds in one day, and say, okay, who looks good in this round? Here, let me let me let me flip through. Let me flip through Street and Smith's and see see who's rated here. Oh, wow, man. We're on with Coach Mack, giving us the business and the Mack attack, as always. <laughs> hey, we all, anybody watching the NBA playoffs, Coach, they've seen poor Ben Simmons, who's a good basketball player, completely lose his confidence. When you saw things like that happening, we all have seen him do it just in, in the course of this basketball season and in the course of the playoffs to the point that, where he wouldn't dunk a basketball. And Blaine said he was afraid somebody was going to foul him and he was going to have to shoot free throws. He's so afraid to do anything. What did you do? How did you try to help players when you saw their confidence deteriorating like that? Yeah, yeah. I've never been around anything that extreme. I think Blaine was right, too, by the way, you know, with his analysis of that, because his free throw shooting wasn't real solid. But anyway, the, 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 Anytime you have a player, you know, and this is from all of my years of coaching that, that, that some, and, and look, it's easy for their confidence, you know, to waver because it, there's a lot of pressure out there on players in professional sports. I mean, you can watch it all the way. Look, we just saw, we just saw in the open, we just saw a huge blow up by DeChambeau. Okay. Yeah. You think his confidence wasn't gone when he started spraying that thing all over the coast of San Diego there. So Anyway, but what you have to do, and the, the, the thing that, that, that I, I always did when I had a player that I thought was suffering from any confidence problem is bring them back to their fundamentals. Just bring them back to their fundamentals, bring them back to a base point. And rather than worrying about the problem, let's, let's focus on, because you've got the ability to be there, you've shown it before, let's focus on the fundamentals that have gotten you there and just work yourself back into that mindset because if you've got a good fundamental base, no matter how hot it gets out there on the, on the competitive field, if you've got that to go back to, you always have a settling point. You always have a settling point. But if you don't have that foundation and you don't believe in it, well, then your mind can really start playing some tricks on you. And if some things start going bad one way or the other, you can get sideways pretty quick. Coach, we appreciate the time as always. Uh, Love catching up with you every week. We talked a little baseball today. We talked sports psychology. We hit Street and Smith's magazine, a little bit of everything, man. That was good how to get stuff. A dry out. Try how to get a try out. Don't show up with your cleats, folks. It doesn't work that way. Uh, maybe the last guy to do that was Michael Lewis, the beer man in New Orleans, who showed up in his cleats and and ran his 40 and wound up playing seven years in the league. No, it's Vince yeah. Papali with the Eagles. Yeah, oh, that is Vince. Oh, Vince right. is my that's guy. Right. Yeah, I met him too. Did we meet him at and, uh, when we did the uh, Army Navy game. Oh yeah, Vince. Vince is my guy now. I got him on speed dial. He is uh, Vince well, Papali. Is, Vince is, my is guy. still pretty prominent there in, in Philadelphia. And yeah. He, he oh is. yeah. Yeah. Very prominent, and, and you know that's a that's a real story. You, you have a real story when they make a movie about you. you know, <laughs> no. Well, I'm just waiting for that movie about Coach Mack because that's going to be a good one right there. Just who in the world do they get to play Coach Mack? Because John Wayne's not here anymore. I don't know. Yeah, John John Wayne couldn't play Coach Mack because he couldn't wear any guns to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hey, guys. I'm say Jerry Glanville should play Coach Mack. <laughs> oh? <laughs> Donald Sutherland. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry's still driving those race trucks. See you guys. <laughs> Coach Dave McGinnis, hey, man, there's some developing developments in this Tennessee-Texas game. We'll get you all caught up when we come back. Blade and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone.